episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where three dudes talk about games. I am Austin. I'm Chris. I'm not doing a creepy thing. (laughs) And I'm Garrett. Today on Hidden Doors and High Scores, we are halfway to Halloween, and so we are doing a very special horror episode. And we're also also trying something new. Uh, We have posted a link on our Discord so that anyone may join us in recording this podcast episode. So, we'll see who pops in for a spooky surprise! Wow, that will be spooky. Yeah, they're just going to pop in. It's going to be a jump scare. There's going to be a loud noise and everything. Ah. It's going to be great. Oh my god, there better not be. All right, uh, I'm going to post the link. Great. Uh, where do you guys want to start? I feel like a good way to get it going is talking about the different categories of horror games and trying to define it. Because, I mean, a lot of games fit under horror. If you like add visual horror, that can be any number of games. You could argue any of the Dark Souls are horror games, but they're not really horror games. Yeah, see, I I would not call those horror games, but I understand, like, from visual design, it's, like, dark and bloody and... Yeah, and creepy. Like, there are creepy elements to those games. Yeah, I agree with you that those are not horror games, but I do think it's worth talking about. Just visual style is a major component of horror games, and, like, yeah... If a game bills itself as a horror game and there is nothing beyond visual horror, have they done a good job making a horror game, I guess? That's kind of a deeper of a discussion than we need to be in right now. But like, I think that's kind of a good intro because like, yeah, I feel like horror, like something can't just be like visually spooky for it to be a horror game for me. Like a horror game for me needs some level of tension, some level of like anticipation of something bad happening and i i mean i guess you could say the dark souls games have that but not really it's like yeah you have the general thought of like oh man when i go into this room probably something's gonna try and kill me but like (laughs) that's in any game where there is combat right like i I just don't and there are sneaky things that happen that kill you and stuff but like i don't know it that does not feel like horror i do not feel like afraid of what's around the next bend in the way they're doing a lot of horror games. Well, I don't think, and that's not the point of those games because those games don't bill themselves as horror. You know, that's like a visual style for them making, you know, it's like, it's kind of body horror-ish, I guess. Sometimes if there's like, I don't know, some weird amalgamation of bodies or whatever, but like, those games aren't trying to be horror games. Yeah. So I can kind of forgive them overusing if not outright abusing that sort of visual style you know what's another great example of that is resident evil 5 and 6 those games are straight up action games or like call of duty zombies another great example of just like sure yeah the theme is horror but it's it's just an action game five especially for me yeah resident evil 5 like took a very intentional turn away from the slow pace into just being a shooter I mean, personally, I've only played 7, 8, and 4, and they all feel very heavier on the action than they do in the horror element. I would agree with that. Uh, but there's still horror elements there. There's there's jump scares. There's there's actually creepy themes. Uh, I never played 5 and 6, so I don't know how action it is. It's really action. 
Okay. The one I liked as far as the atmosphere goes was actually Resident Evil Zero, the prequel one that came out after, like, in between three and four. I mean, the gameplay was terrible. It was, okay. like, an objectively bad game to play, but it was the last fixed camera one they did. Mm, and the way they dude. did it, like, really amped up the atmosphere. It was really good. The lighting was good. Like, the pl placement of the camera was good for a lot of the things. But the actual gameplay itself sucked, but... As far as the horror elements went, it was pretty good. Well, like fixed camera is actually a great example, I think. Sort of like a directing choice that does horror really well, right? Like limiting your field of view so that you can hear things happening, but have to like turn to see them sure. is something that like builds tension and makes it really scary. Whereas like if you can just constantly see all around you in a big area, it's like, well, nothing's going to sneak up on me. Everything's fine. There's got to be some of that unknown terror, that, that like fear of the unknown. The unseen menace uh, is the name of that trope. And it's like literally my favorite thing in all horror genre, just like not not just games, but like TV and movies and and books and any other form of media that you could think of. Uh, the Unseen Menace is like my favorite type of horror, just because at some point there is nothing scarier than what your audience can come up with inside their own heads. Absolutely. And if you've ever lived inside my head, it's a nightmare in there. So like, <laughs> like I will freak myself out way more than any director or author ever could. You know what I mean? So yeah, I love stuff like that. I will also say a really good trope in horror games is uh, the kind of uncanny valley when something is so it's played so normal to a point where it starts, it's a little off. So it starts being creepy, like Doki Doki little literature code yeah. Yeah. or like house of rules was another one. I've never played house of rules. What is that? Is that a visual novel too? No, it's, it's a, uh, like you're a, a person that comes to a hotel or a mansion and you have to plant, plants and you're taking care of all the plants and you're slowly meeting people throughout the mansion that you're working at okay and everyone's a bit off but you're not supposed to talk to anyone or veer from watering the plants got it, and just got start it. to notice more and more it's cool. great but i love that one it's played super straight and then it's just a little creepy which makes it very creepy yeah i mean is there a specific game anybody wants to call out i mean i'm down to start with like doki doki literature club i was gonna say i would love to start with like psychological horror and just let me just unequivocally recommend Doki Doki Literature Club to every human being. <laughs> yeah, honored. for sure. It yeah. is yeah. free. And honestly, I'm also a little sad if you're hearing about it for the first time that you know it's a horror game because yeah. that is not <laughs> obvious at all when you start. <laughs> that, that's a really good job of where setting is so normal that the, the horror elements sort of slowly sneak up on you. Whereas like if you start out in like, a derelict space station it's like well i know what we're doing yeah. here <laughs> right yeah right like yeah. that trope is so used now because and because it is it is a scary unfamiliar weird unsettling place right yeah um and it's isolated isolation is like a big thing and those all go towards like the psychological atmospheric elements of, of games and uh but doki doki kind of does the opposite where it's like everything in setting and atmosphere is very much happy and normal and there's people around and like everything is fine yeah which is really different there's not a lot of games that i would think of as horror that play that line 
I mean, that's mm-hmm. why that game is so good, though, right? Because it's like it's like aggressively malicious if you kind of read into it or like looking at it in hindsight. But like yeah. it tries so hard to present itself as the opposite. Yeah, um, just sugar-coated saccharin <laughs> sweet. Yeah. But even that speaks a little bit to like a psychological horror or just like maybe a general category of horror which is like so oversaturated so oversweetened that it's like it's like the world isn't like this what's wrong here right yeah right and like that's that's something that like all horror games i think do in in some level or another is like make you feel uncomfortable it's like something is wrong here right but i think psychological horror games in particular like that is the whole point because they're not they're only relying on that and they're not relying on like other kinds of things like they don't do jump scares they don't do scary monsters not really yeah no no horrifying visuals probably not a lot of like blood or like right gross and so things. you really yeah. like games like that really have to nail the the uncanny valley right like the you yeah. have to nail that feeling because otherwise you've kind of failed at making something horrifying yep um i think i'll i'll shout out another game in that category that i think is amazing uh Similar vibes to Doki Doki, it's called Omori, O-M-O-R-I. It is an RPG maker game. So yeah, when you've got, you know, pixelated 2D graphics, like you can't rely on spooky visuals, but instead it's like about these children and they're like making friends and their relationships to each other. But there's like a very dark undercurrent to it with some some trigger warning stuff about uh, self-harm and things like that. Yeah. Uh, oh. I watched you play that. It was it was very interesting. It plays around a lot too with like the color that like there's parts of the game that are like in black and white and there's parts yeah. that are colored and like there are things where like I, like that was that was one of the most unsettling things for me where you'd like change frame and it would be like oh you're in this there was something about like being in a department store or a casino maybe I don't know. And it was like, if you left that place, it wasn't that color anymore. And it just kind of threw you off and like messed with your head a little bit. Right. I think we've got some guests. <gasps> People. Where was, where was the spooky noise? I know that we got no noise, but I see Mac. Yo. Mac. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. What's up? Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Wow. Austin, I love how you've kind of done like a whole like spooky hoodie, I guess. <laughs> spooky hoodie very emperor palpatine vibes going on here uh we so were just spooky. talking about psychological horror yeah. games mac and uh, i think you might have been the one who first told me to play doki doki literature club oh probably yeah it's it was a good game it man it's just a i remember it being just a little bit of a slog so like i actually don't have like a lot of memories of it i was like oh yeah that was good but it was also like it was like like as a percentage of like my memory of that game, I'm like I think I skipped through a significant amount of stuff, but it was still very cool, and certainly for the price point, it was excellent. Can't can't beat free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, favorite horror games or anything about the genre you want to talk about? Let's see. Uh, I'm actually currently playing through Dredge. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. It's like a Lovecraftian fishing game. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fishing sim. It's got a lot of like Lovecraftian pieces, but it's got like very subdued 
Lovecraftian like pieces in terms of like like there's towns people are a little off mostly things are like fine but occasionally like there's something you're like it's kind of hinting at something like weird it's it actually has a like a very like chill gameplay loop on like you know you're out there finding like fish and completing missions for people that want certain kinds of fish there's lots of like exploration and stuff to do which is cool and just like every kind of, like once in a while like you expect to find like a perch and you're like oh like that's cool like a little red snapper or whatever and occasionally you pull up like blood snapper and the graphics a little bit weird where where it really kind of gets you is like the like the low-key musical notes just sort of like oh like you pull something out and like oh it's just a slightly like modified image of a like a spooky looking fish but like getting like those normal like key moments but now it's like all off key and you're just like ooh like what's going on there yeah music is so important to building that horror atmosphere oh, and yeah. to, like making us feel that uncomfortable feeling when when we get to those parts of the game right absolutely well and the best way to build tension in horror games is have a lot of silence but you need some kind of backgrounding track that's not in your face but also does keep that feeling going there's yeah there's something that's really good when you get like a a little background music that's kind of always there that you don't really notice and then when it goes like actually silent you're like oh (laughs) fuck (laughs) So, yeah, there's actually one part, and it's one of those things where, like, the gameplay loop is they're, like, very much like, oh, hey, like, cut your fish, but, like, don't be out at nighttime. And you're like, okay. Um, And if you are, like, you know, you're out there, um, it's got sort of a neat mechanic where time doesn't actually move unless you're, like, actually moving. So you can kind of, like, stop and just sort of chill wherever. But as you, like, move, like, Hmm. then the clock goes. But it's actually interesting because, like, the sun in the sky actually only moves while you're puttering around which is sometimes a little bit uncanny. Uh, but like, Wait, you might... so you can like stop in a spot and just like fish, and fish for a hundred fish and then and so like time doesn't pass? The the fishing mechanic is a lot more like um, like mining at like, like old school, like World of Warcraft sort of thing. Like there's a fishing node and it's probably got like ah. three to five fish in it. Got it. And once you exhaust okay. it, you got to putt somewhere else. Exactly. Okay. And so you're just going around, like, trying to find, like, oh, you're like, oh, okay, like, I know I need to find, like, this kind of fish, or I need to get a bunch of money, so I want to, like, go a little bit deeper into some of the things. And you might, you're making a lot of calls, and you'd be like, okay, like, can I get out to this spot and then get back before nighttime? Um, because something, like, nebulously bad will happen, and they don't, I haven't really encountered it, but they've got a lot of things that, like, hint at sort of terrors, but I I wanted to bring it up, specifically because when you hit night, it very much cuts the music. Like, it's very much, like, all of a sudden, it's, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know where this is gone anymore. Just the sound of the water in the boat. Yeah. Um, is so yeah. like you're you're puttering around and you've got like a foghorn, which is just sort of like, oh, you can just play your little foghorn or whatever, and you kind of play with it um, to make a noise. And it's doing it at night, and you've never heard anything back, or you like you're near a town or whatever, and you kind of hear like some sort of like corresponding noise. And I'm out there like at night, and the water is like black, and I'm just trying to go towards the lighthouse. And I'm like, oh, let me just do my little foghorn, and just because I've had like the headset on and hear very much on like the right side going like out into like the water, another foghorn, and I'm just like, oh no, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> I love the idea of a game like introducing an element of risk like that you know what i mean where it's like 
oh, like, do you have time to go do this thing? We'll find out. That's a, that's a lot of fun because uh, comparing that to, I don't know, action horror games where it's like, you know, you're in danger just all the time, right? You don't have to make a choice whether or not to be. Um, I love the idea of like kind of putting a little bit of the horror in the player's hands. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and having a, a, um, a an incentive to experience a little more horror in exchange for maybe better rewards. Yeah, so Dredge is so it's really interesting the way they kind of handle that because like you don't you don't have to ever stop technically like you can just constantly fish. There's not like oh like I need to finish the day like you just can catch as many fish and then sell it when your inventory fills up. But like the longer you're out there and if you like encounter like various things like you've got a again not clearly articulated but definitely like what looks like a panic meter. You have a little eye that opens up on the like the timer and it starts to like furtively like look around and be like you know like red <laughs> and the the screen gets a little crazy and. Like, I'm sure that there's, like, a bunch of mechanics that it influences, but, like, the one thing that it definitely does that I've uncovered at this point is that you'll be going along and just, like, you'll see a rock materialize in front of your boat, and you can tell it does this, like, very, like, graphic, like, you can imagine that there's, like, a sphere around your boat, and as you move, there's, like, an invisible rock that just sort of, like, you can see, like, a, a sort of, like, field kind of go over it, sort of kind of materializes into your little zone. Um, and like the rock was absolutely not there like a while ago, but it sort of jumps out at you, um, when you're like panicking and whatever. Um, and if you're going, if you're going any amount of speed, you're absolutely just going to like collide with that. And like, depending on where you're at in the game, like those, that whole damage can like really throw you out. Yeah, so there's real consequence for your sanity going down. Yeah, but I love very much that they, they made that a thing where it's like, okay, like there is some sort of bar you can like metric, but it's not like, oh, you're losing health or oh, your stuff. It's like you're literally seeing like a hallucination that like a rock sort of pops out at you or there's like a weather effect that sort of randomly happens like a water spout. Um, you know what that reminds me of? Did any of you guys ever play Eternal Darkness on the GameCube? Rented it from Blockbuster mm -hmm. once ages ago. That game was brilliant. So that game definitely had a health meter and a sanity meter. Um, but the sanity meter, when it filled up, like, you didn't necessarily die. But the further up your sanity meter went, crazy things would start to happen in the game. So, you know, you'd just, like, walk into a room and then the walls would start bleeding. Um, or you'd walk into a room and there'd be, like, five times as many enemies as normal. Um, but then, like, after you killed a couple, then the rest would just, like, vanish. Um, and so you, like, start going crazy. That game did fucked up stuff. You know, this is back in the days of, like, old school TVs. And uh, one of the things it would do if your sanity meter got high, it would show the volume meter on your TV and it would crank up the volume. Oh, my God. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so cool. Like, your TV was haunted. Uh, another thing that would happen if your sanity meter was really high, if you died it would take you back to the title screen as you as always would happen um and then you would go to load your save game and it wouldn't be there your save game was just gone Sweet. And so mean. you're like clicking around trying to figure out where it is and then the screen like fuzzes and then it's back and you're like it that game fucked with you it was great that's great i love that 
so not it doesn't sound like not quite to the same degree, but but definitely like having those sort of visual and gameplay effects. Oh yeah, absolutely. Playing into the sanity is is a great way, and I love the like the visual. See, Eternal Darkness just had like a green fucking meter that filled up, and it's like now nah, having a visual element of like an eye kind of going crazy is such a cooler way to do that atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, Eternal Darkness and then like I mean there was like a whole era of that stuff cuz wasn't it one of the the Metal Gear games that like it would real read other load files you had on your disc. Oh yeah, Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah, Metal when Gear you fought uh, Psycho, Psycho Mantis. Mantis. Yeah. 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 And they would like call out the save files in your game. Yeah. It's great. Be like you've been playing a bunch of twisted metal. <laughs> I was trying to think of like what modern games have kind of like experimented with that because like, Inscription did it a little bit, right? With um, that one boss fight, um, Daisy or whatever. I don't remember. Where you had the like the files. Oh yeah. It was it, like actually kind of like mucked with your computer a little bit. Um, yeah, you had to like go find a file like in the root directory for the game and there was like a file in there that you had to like delete and then it would like oh my god yeah (laughs) i mean pt didn't do anything necessarily with the console but it would input a microphone so if you were speaking different things would happen oh Uh, and based on how you did things like how quickly you did things so if it was obvious it was your second time playing it it would do play out completely different. Do like different was, scares than the first It would first do time. completely different sca- scares and like a whole different line of things. I and played that it, game so many times just to try to see everything. I I played a bit of it. Um, it like PT. It's a bit. I mean, there's some jump scares in it for sure, right? Oh, there's for sure a jump scare. There's not yeah. a bunch. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just the one hallway you're going through, and it has one of the things I don't like about some horror games where. You have to just find these notebook pages, but it doesn't really tell you that you have to find it. So you're basically just wandering around, not knowing what to do for a while. Which is really just an excuse for them to scare you a few more times. Yeah, exactly. But with that, they had one of the most creative ways to be able to scare people differently. So no one's experience would be quite the same. Mm. I'm kind of sad that game never got made, but I'm hoping someone takes that idea and runs with it because i haven't yeah. seen anything come close to that i was gonna say we're you're talking about the pt demo the right? demo like, yeah <laughs> yeah the demo a of a game that never got made but it was such yeah. a cool idea yeah, yeah. it's it's neat too because it's one of those things where it's like a lot of this sort of like, like that meta level of kind of interesting like game design stuff almost has to be in the horror genre like it's hard to imagine like yeah how do you make like a, a fun sort of thing because like every time you do that it's like uncanny and you're kind of like ooh, like i don't know if i like this but like that thrill is kind of exciting about it It would be weird to like Mm -hmm. have that in just sort of a game that's playing like a straight even like action or um i don't know some sort of like positive you know stardew valley trying to mess with your save file or whatever it'd be funny if stardew valley tried to do that Mm. rather than yeah it wouldn't come across as creepy or weird it would come across as like silly like it's playing a prank on you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just the context is everything. Undertale kind of did something like that, right? Where like, if you like played through it, the pacifist run, like your first way through, and then you went through just to try to like kill everything. And the game like knew it was your second run. It would kind of admonish you for like just messing with it. 
a little bit. It would be like you got there were different dialogue things that were like kind of called out the player like breaking the fourth wall a little bit just to get like a different ending. Like it knows you're just trying to get a different ending and it would mess with you. Yeah, that's but again, it wasn't scary. It was just kind of funny. It was like, oh, that's hilarious. Like the the developers predicted people would do that and are giving you a little like, haha, we caught you kind of thing. It's, it's almost like an Easter egg, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. they they're like, oh, we'll just hide this little 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 thing in there for people to find. Not not nearly scary. Uh, I noticed we have another guest in the room. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hi. Hello. I'm just uh, just just listening, just okay. looking, just listening, yeah. just lurking. Feel, feel yeah. free to feel free to chime in if you want, but uh, yeah, no pressure. Well, when you were talking about the Lovecraftian kind of games, I was like, "Ooh, Call of Cthulhu!" If anybody's played, I've read the story, but I haven't played the game. Well, I mean, it's kind of older. It's just 2018. Okay. Uh, would you recommend Call of Cthulhu? It's pretty uh, pretty solid Lovecraftian stuff. Um. Yes, I mean, it has some boring parts, but I mean, yes, definitely, if you're a fan, uh, it was a lot of fun. Okay. But when we were talking about, like, older games, I was thinking about um, a game that kind of, you know, crafted my world as an angsty little goth girl was uh, American McGee's Alice. Oh. Oh. It was like, what, 2000? Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. With, uh... American Biggie, he made like Doom and Quake and oh my god, the music with uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Venna, right? He, I even followed him into his band, Tweaker. <laughs> nice. Like, I just absolutely, I was obsessed with that game and the concept and how it, you know, tortured you a little bit. Just absolute beautiful game. Uh, it, if, if you don't mind, tell me about that, because I never got to play it. So what do you mean it tortured you? Uh, tell, say more. Uh, it was definitely one of those games that you were definitely going to die because you just didn't know what it was going to do to you. Oh, okay. So you, you, you would make a bunch of mistakes, and you would just have to remember patterns of certain things. And you didn't have a lot of health, and it was really punishing with that kind of thing, and your weapons didn't do a lot of damage. So there was a lot of, you know, moving around and trying to spare some of your health and try to get away if you can. But then, you know, if you had to kill somebody for health, then you'd be like, okay, I need to do this, you know. But just the atmosphere and the artwork style for its time was just absolutely gorgeous. Like, definitely probably one of my favorite games of the time. And then, of course, uh, Dante's Inferno, when that came out, um, Forever Scarred by Lust. <laughs> Forever Scarred by Lust. Um, and actually, there was a similar game that didn't really get a lot of love as much as Dante's Inferno, but same kind of premise. You know, go save your girlfriend in hell was Shadows of the Damned. Shadows of the Damned was good. I liked that. I played that basically when yeah. it came out. I really liked that. Your your demon gun that like shit talks you all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. Now, Dante's Inferno... I would argue is not a horror game, even though it has everything about horror elements to it. It's more of a God of War. It's like pretty say. action. Well, yeah, of course they copied. I mean, they straight up copied God of War. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would call yeah, that an I mean, action game more than a, a horror game, even though the entire story and all the visuals are all horror elements. Well, I mean, also when you think about during the times, like 
I think you would consider it a horror game of the time, you know, because there was not many things that came out that was shocking and gruesome like like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just something that makes you like that is shocking and uncomfortable to watch is like kind of the the hallmark of the genre, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it kind of works. Like in the time it felt like really really scary and really I'm glad different. that you knew about Shadows of the Damned too. Like nobody knows about that game. Oh yeah. I talk about I, it. I, I found it's that in so like so kooky. I, I feel like I found that in like a dollar bin at a GameStop once and just like I was like sure, let's try this. I just liked the cover Oh art. my god, same story here. Same. <laughs> I, mean, I found it in the discount bin and I was like what is this? I must know this. It's got good cover art. <laughs> like that's what drew, that's what drew me to it. Um, I'm glad you brought up Chris Vrenna because that's a, a thing that like, I mean, we talked about a little bit, but it'd be more interesting to talk with more people here because like the music, not just the sound in horror games, but like music composition specifically is so important. Oh, well, that game was excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Asp- uh, you know, just the the mood and the every every uh every level had its own little creepiness. And of course, he would be the guy yeah. to, you know, just make that creepy environment i mean her i mean alice you know the story is she goes crazy and so does wonderland i mean amazing you know what i mean and then it's too bad that you know i don't know if you heard um that the latest game is not gonna get made i'm i'm not gonna give up hope because i can't (laughs) was it is the uh, asylum asylum yeah because they made another there was a sequel to it right um yes they fixed uh, one other thing about the game that was kind of torturous is uh, that like there's a lot of platforming kind of ac- aspects to it, but you had a lag to your jump and then she would stumble a little bit too. Ooh. And so the game mechanics was just torturous. Yeah. And then, you know, but all of that was ex- just smoothed out in the second game. It was really beautiful, not as creepy. Which made me sad, but it was still extremely beautiful to play. Um, the Madness, Madness Returns was the last one that came yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. So beautiful, love it so much. Played her for Halloween many times. <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> point too about how like a game where if the like the controls are kind of like laggy or struggling, like there's definitely like a line where like you know, that can be part of the aesthetic or part of the fun, right? Like, if Fall Guys had perfect controls, like, it would be just sort of a yeah, very, like, exactly. mild game. And especially sure. in a horror Resident game. Evil camera <laughs> angles. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about we, that we earlier. We were talking about yes. six cameras, like, adding to it, adding to, like, the horror of a game. And I think for the same reason, like, feeling helpless, whether you do that by, you know, limiting ammo or making your weapon weak, like you were talking about, Cat and Alice, or even, like, having your character be kind of difficult to do a platforming thing if you're trying to like get away from an enemy those things all can like ratchet up the tension and make you feel you know panicked mm, and like sure. that can you work amnesia, really well where you literally can't run yeah. or do anything yeah right exactly amnesia does this really really well um where it's like yeah you don't have a weapon like you're just all you can do is hide and hope that the monster doesn't find you and you're panicked breathing in the closet. I talked about this game a while ago when we did one of our backlog Bonanza episodes, but Among the Sleep does that really well because you play as a oh, literal yeah. baby. And so you are crawling everywhere and you can stand up, but only a little bit before you fall down because you're a baby and you can't walk good. 
Like, and so there's bits of that. I've never game. even heard of that. Oh man, I think it's incredible. Genuinely, like the creepiest game I think I've ever played. It has really terrible graphics, but that only like adds to the creepiness. And uh, yeah, you play as a baby and you're like trying to recapture your mom's soul or something. It's just like you just crawl around and you have to solve these puzzles. And there's like a little bit of not platforming, but like traversal puzzles kind of. And like everything is like blown out of proportion big. Like the first level you're in a house and to open doors, you have to like climb up. You have to open drawers to like staircases to climb up onto a counter to be able to reach to the door. But then immediately when you reach the door, you like overbalance and fall off the ledge. So like playing as a baby helplessness. Yeah, exactly. You are just entirely helpless the whole time. Wow, creepiest game you ever played. That's a tall order to just put out there. Very creepy. Not so much scary, but creepy. Although there is, uh, we were talking before anybody got on, we were talking about like the unseen menace and that game does that really well because you don't ever see the monster. You do, but you don't. Um, And it's just like, it's always around or it's behind you or it's coming to where you are and you need to leave quickly. And the game does a cool visual thing where um, the closer the monster gets, like uh, the screen starts to go black from the corners and pinch in towards the middle. Uh, oh, just very well done. You're talking about like the like kind of like the creepiest creepiest game you ever played, and just like that moment of like kind of powerlessness and stuff. Like one of the, one of the games, and I need to get back to it. Like it's it's shameful that I haven't gone back to it. But um, I started playing Bioshock at like I was already unsettled from something else I'd watched that that day. I played it like late at night, and I'm like, all right, no Bioshock, like that's good, like that's a good game, and like it's just it's a little bit creepy. And where I had to like literally get up and walk away was like it was early on, like just a point where it's like, oh yeah, you just need to walk from like here to there, and there's just like a stretch of darkness that you just like need to yep. kind of like, yep. And I'm just like, I'm like, took like a couple steps, heard some like audio or some sort of clips, and I'm just like, nope, 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 you nope, hear, nope, nope, you nope. You hear like footsteps or like skittering, and you're yeah. like, oh. Fuck. And I just got up and walked away. Bioshock for me is interesting because uh, it there's like a bunch of different categories. I felt like we've made like a Google doc with a bunch of categories. And I was like, I originally put it in the action horror. And then I started going down the list and I was like, you know, it's kind of got elements of like all these other things. Like there's creepy shit. The little girls are creepy. There's like a bit of the uncanny Valley where it's like post-apocalyptic uncanny Valley where like all of the audio cues in the game are very like, positive and like oh our society is the best in this and that but like clearly you're just looking at it not be the you're best and the so destroyed and that's remnants of it right yeah. it's like it's weird in a different way than the uncanny valley because it's like already clearly gone wrong and not trying to hide the wrongness well, the visual candy in that in that game is so beautiful you know what's funny is that's that's actually a shameful thing of mine too is i had never played it until recently actually uh matt and i started playing it and you know what's funny actually a really cool couples game i think because oh. like it's not like too hard um and it's fun to kind of take turns you know what i mean and kind of go through the journey together well, so yeah, like it's, it's a great story and and it's oh, a very yeah, cool like, environment there's great characters and so like yeah it's it's fun to just watch as much as it is oh yeah play. yeah to watch and just to like kind of take turns playing together was just you know but like i said that was another kind of shameful thing that i've never played it I'll I'll also say Bioshock does a thing where it starts off more horror and I think it becomes less and less mm. horror um as it goes. 
the beginning is a lot of darkness and pretty scary stuff, but you slowly sort of grow in power, right, as you level well, up. Plus there's all the RPG. unknown of what the hell is going on right. here. And once the more yeah. you understand and the more power that you get with the plasmids and the Adam and the Eve and the different guns and upgrades and stuff, like you eventually start being very strong and it stops being as scary and it becomes more about overcoming mm. this thing and like trying to set rapture to right. Like you're trying to but fix the question what's is... going on harvest or not harvest oh <laughs> i went through my first playthrough not harvesting but although in bioshock 2 i i chose the evil route you gotta play both evil, sides mean person those beautiful little girls there's like a personal thing i guess this might be different for everybody but like does intentionally making evil choices make the environment less scary for you because it does for me yeah, so, yeah. like, one, one game that I really like to play uh, recently is the Evil Dead game. Uh, multiplayer yeah. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's it's definitely got all of the horror vibes, but I, I exclusively play as the demon, uh, messing with the players and, like, being, like you know, a puppet master kind of thing. And, like, I really enjoy being able to immerse myself as sort of, like, a villainous sort of feel. And it, it feels... Um, good and whereas if i was playing as a survivor like i'd be like nope this is too scary i do not want um there's a control <laughs> factor as an evil person Absolutely. you're like i am choosing to to do this my way whereas you're like you know pl- trying to play the victim or the good person then yeah there's not, you don't have that i do my own thing you know what i mean yeah. yeah again it's that sort of like helplessness like you're subject to the whims of this world rather than sort of taking control of it well, and I would say Evil Dead especially, I think you're playing a completely different game, whether you're the bad guy or... The oh, absolutely. Survivors. It's just uh, a whole different game. I mean, same as same with Dead by Dead Daylight, by Daylight. Right? Same, yeah, same yeah. kind of idea. Same like, if you're the killer, you are gleefully hunting down these <laughs> helpless teenagers. <laughs> and as the teenager, you're like sneaking, you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, he's right there. I don't think he sees me. I don't think... Oh, fuck, he sees me. Go, go, go. <laughs> There's sort of an interesting... It's great. Interesting point about that, like that that um kind of expected and unexpected and uh sort of two things that sort of spring out to me of like yeah like when you're the killer and it's not as scary going to board games for a second it's like how in betrayal at house on hill like whatever negative thing impacts players doesn't impact the the um yeah, oh the yeah monster, the monster or, <laughs> or whatever yeah which is always yeah. like oh yeah but like that's there's sort of like that level of like kind of anywhere where you're at it's it's like, oh, if you're on like the side of evil, like you're not gonna have the unexpected stuff jump out at you. And I was thinking, yeah. I was trying to think, I was like, like, oh man, I remember like I had a really unexpected what what was it that was made it so scary? And it was mist, actually. Which I'm sure y'all have played. Oh mist. Oh jeez. Sure. Well, it was the atmosphere, really, just not knowing what happened and what's going and, on. And like the scariest moments you're just like, okay, like this is just like I'm all by myself on a weird puzzle island. That's a little creepy, that's fine. Let me just open this book and here is a whole ass human face and just ready to talk to you and you they are insane and demanding you get bring them the blue pages. And you're just yes. like Oh, my computer is haunted. By this ghost <laughs> as a child this is this is this is traumatic but i mean it's rad it's, it's engaging but that moment of like what else could possibly be in this world it ratchets up that fear factor of like oh man what else could be unexpected here uh 
throw total total aside here, but just because Mac brought up Mist, and it sounds like everyone here played it and probably liked it, whether or not it traumatized their childhood. Cyan is uh, their new game comes out on May 18th. It's kind of interesting thinking about it, like. I mean, obviously, like horror is a genre, but like you, you got to cross reference that with something else, right? Like, like a horror shooter, a horror puzzle, yeah. puzzle action platform. horror, psychological horror. Yeah, where yeah. our list that I made out that we have survival horror, action horror, psychological horror. I put jump scare horror because of Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> that's, that's like a really specific type of game. And then interactive drama horror, which is like Until Dawn and like The Quarry, like those kind of stories. I don't know what games. either of those are. Oh, really? Uh, you know, uh, what's the one with the robots, the futuristic one? I'm blanking uh, on Detroit right Become uh, Human. Detroit Become Human. Detroit Becoming Human. It plays exactly like that, but they're horror. Oh, they're okay. in the horror genre. Uh, for the record, my coworker loves The Quarry. He oh, they're, has they're great so games. much fun playing it. Yeah. It's a fantastic, like, you just sit on the couch and play with whoever, and you all make the decision at the same time. Like, it's quick, running away from the killer. Do you go hide in the closet, or do you hide under the bed? And it's all these quick time decisions, and you're kind of getting to watch this movie play out, but you you get to act in it. It's great. Cool. And it's all famous actors that they get to play in all these. So you'll recognize some of the faces. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of thinking about like like mist, and I was like, oh, does that qualify as a as a horror game? And I was thinking about like other puzzle games. Austin, what do you think about Outer Wilds? The uh, the first one, eh, maybe, but the second one, the second the DLC was pretty pretty scary. Is it a horror game? Certainly, those parts that are scary. There there are parts of that game that felt like horror that I was like very scared to play like i was i was uncomfortable playing which is yeah it was it was interesting because it was a bit of a different direction i mean when you first go to dark bramble mm-hmm. and you're like gliding through those fucking angler fish in the dark like that shit's scary that's too. true yeah that game definitely has some good horror elements i mean it's mostly puzzly but there's definitely some good horror in that game you ever heard of the horror, the little puzzle game called uh, Dark with a Q at the end? It's a cute little horror game, it. not really long, kind of Tim Burton kind of feel. Yeah, yeah I think I beat that. Oh, it's super <laughs> cute. Yeah, I mean, awesome. shit, sure in that, that. In that uh, vein, very much Limbo and Inside. Yeah, Limbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right? Limbo, yeah. I remember, yeah. 2D platformers where you are like a lonely child. Uh, little against, nightmares against a horrifying world. Oh, little nightmares, really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed little nightmares one and two. Um, those have some of the like creepiest uh, sort of body horror. These like things that look a lot like humans, but are just sort of grotesquely deformed. You mean like inside when it was like this big blobby craziness spoiler alert that's like the very end <laughs> not really but you know uh but no no little little nightmares i think really takes the cake on that there's for a good me anyway there's a good episode of the magnus archives where there's like 
it's be, it's like a doctor gets his class gets taken over by like things that are not human that are trying to learn how to make human bodies yeah. and shit like that and it's like a similar kind of thing to little nightmares right where it's like they're trying to be human they're trying to look like humans but they don't know how to do it and that's the creepy part yeah oh that sounds awesome um yeah, yeah if anybody if anybody either of you guys or anybody listening uh just likes horror stuff in general would definitely recommend the magnus archive podcast uh it's done it's like five seasons, um, and it is just really good horror storytelling in the audio medium. Uh, and the sequel series launches in uh, September, October later this year. Ooh, so perfect time to get into it. I'm I'm li- I'm re-listening to it right now. That's why I brought it up because I've been thinking about it a lot, especially since we decided we were going to do the horror episode. And I'll just say for anybody who wants to get into or is thinking about whether they should get into it. It starts out and it seems like every episode is just a independent vignette. They are not. Yeah. Everything is That's important and everything is connected and it is all one big story. Ooh, yeah. okay. It's really cool. But it takes a long time for you to start finding the threads. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's 200 episodes long and you don't really get the full picture until about 150 or so in but you definitely start figuring stuff out as you go. Yeah, but a lot yeah, you don't really know. What's going a lot of stuff is kind of like that. But um, is it like I know like uh, something like Night Vale, which is like excellent. But like there are things that are kind of connected, but there's not really like a like a puzzle that you're solving. It's just kind of all like interesting, atmospheric. Is it like that or more directed? It's more directed than much that. more directed. Um, there, there, like there is a puzzle to solve, and you can solve it before they tell it to you. Yeah, um, they it the writing honestly is incredible. It's it genuinely like the best audio drama podcast I've ever listened to. Um, it like they it's perfect. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's well it's well voice acted. Um, yeah, it's Night Vale's fun though. I love Night Vale because uh, because again like the uncanny valley kind of thing where it's like they're just presenting this to you as if it's very normal yeah and there's just weird shit going on but it's and it's funny but like uncomfortably so i don't know like yeah nightville nightville strikes this weird like horror comedy line um, right i i couldn't finish nightville though it it's always the same joke you know what i mean yeah um and it, it just it just got old after a while, and I, I just couldn't couldn't keep finding it that funny. I felt that too, but I'm a completionist, so I had to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. Even if I don't enjoy the game, it just bothers me too much. So I mean, there was parts like like Outlast, like I I mean I love Outlast and I hate Outlast, but there's parts where I was just like, God, this is so so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett will be with me on this, but Callisto Protocol. I hated it. That's what I wanted to ask about. Yeah. I hated it from an hour in and had to finish it because. Yeah, we both finished it. Yeah. I absolutely, like halfway through the the game, I hit a point where I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, we we were talking earlier, we were talking earlier about um, like helplessness mechanics in a game and Callisto Protocol is one where they take that way too far. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the, the lack of, ammo for your weapons the the, the minimal movement. damage that any of your stuff does pretty much ever even if you upgrade it like the 
just kind of movement options like with your dodge roll and like you can like climb over obstacles sometimes but not very much and like clunky climbing yeah yeah it's not just the climbing it's like if you're climbing off something to like attack an enemy it, there's like a whole fucking cinematic that takes for goddamn ever and it's just like can i play the game please <laughs> so glad you brought that up because I, I was like is that horror or not that was one game i wanted to i mean it is ask horror. You about too. it's it's trying very hard to be horror but the problem is like it's the entire horror element of that game just kind of relies on like body horror and jump scares and it stopped being scary and was just surprising i guess also i think there's there's four maybe five enemy types in that game yeah the, it's so. very also same the boring very like <laughs> so uh, you can't God. you don't get really surprised after the first like hour of the game i mean speaking of really good horror kind of ai that stalks you i mean what was it alien right yeah he was actually smart like that that ai was was actually would learn your behavior and whatnot yeah that game was so so good they they just nailed the feel of the movies too like i've never seen a game that well i you know i've seen all those movies i know what the aliens like i think that game one of the best like reveals of the creature like when you first when yeah like you know you know what's happening you know it's an alien game like you're going through and you're derelict space station and you know things are gone people are missing communication is shut down you know all the standard stuff that you've seen in all these space things but like the first time she actually drops down from a vent and like unfurls in front of you you're just like Oh, oh yeah. fuck! <laughs> that is a horrifying creature. You get that feeling that it's always following you. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. feel immediately terrified and helpless, and like, oh my god, that is a killing machine, and I need to get away from totally. it. Totally. Yeah. That reveal. Oh my god. It's, it's fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. You're just like, oh my god, it's here. I knew it was gonna be here, and it's here now. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was actually reading up about it like a while ago and it's actually you that feeling that you feel like where it's constantly stalking you it's actually true it's invisible at some points just following you what yeah the, the ai is right behind you just following you that's amazing that's so cool <laughs> oh that's great yeah that game is uh that game is beautiful and really really scary and i never finished it it was too scary i <laughs> I like I'm happy we're doing this episode. I don't really like being scared in games. Uh I I played some Five Nights at Freddy's uh in preparation for this episode, um, which I had never played, but obviously has incredible reviews and everybody raves about it as this like amazing mobile horror game. It's just jump scares. And the other thing that I thought was just kind of weird about it is like, but it's kind of like what Mac was talking about earlier with Dredge, where it's like it it does this sort of risk reward mechanic where it's like anytime you feel scared and want to know where the bad guys are that is using your resources and if if you're just content to just like sit there and just like occasionally toggle a light switch and hope that and then like panic hit the door and just give yourself those jump scares then like you're fine you have plenty of resources like it's 
fairly easy to get through the game that way. Yeah. But it's like, but it's like, but if you want to feel more comfortable, then you're going to use your resources more, which is just, it's just an interesting concept for a game, but I don't like it. Like, I didn't really enjoy the actual gameplay. I didn't think it was very interesting. Well, I I I love to be scared. Like I love horror and all the genre of that, and I love to be scared. But one thing that I'm very terrible at is I have a terrible memory, and I have a terrible memory, especially when it comes to maps. And when I'm scared, it's like worse. Sure. <laughs> but I'm very good at dodging and like like looking and dodging some more and looking and being like I can't remember where I came in or how to get out or where I need to go. So that's one torturous thing for me is running I, in I circles, love, I love horror games. I just can't oh I yes, I am a I curse like a sailor. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I I don't remember where I am or where I need to go. I just the map just disappears in my mind so that's the only thing about me in horror games god i remember stuff like that uh, back in the good old days of like original world of warcraft when you go into like a, a new area that you're absolutely under leveled for and you're just like okay like let me just explore a little bit and then you get hit and you're just like i need to run yeah, the skull just comes and out. you just <laughs> you just you just make a beeline and you're like i have no idea where i am I got no idea. And your aggro is huge, so you just draw everything in the air. Yeah. Which rocks and which rocks and ledges can I just clip over so they can't yeah. get to me? And you just you find yourself somewhere totally new. You drop your your when you do finally die, you're now like you're you're just some random place that's like impossible to get to, and you're just like okay. I can calm down and now try and like get this back, but like in that moment of just being like, ah, everything is terrifying. Everything's gonna kill me. I gotta <laughs> jump over this cliff. Ah. Yeah. I will say that uh, what really added to horror for me was being able to play games in VR. Uh, that is a new level. Of I was terrifying. just about to say we should talk about the most immersive horror experiences we've ever had, and it's hard to beat VR for immersion. <laughs> Half-Life Alex, I would say, is not necessarily a horror game, but because everything feels so real, it is terrifying being down in the subway with all like the face huggers. There there are definitely horror parts to that game. It I mean, just yeah. like the original Half-Life and Half-Life 2, like yeah. there are mm -hmm. parts that are action sequences and there are parts that are like very much horror sequences that are like tense walking through a dark room hearing the fucking head crabs uh crawling around. Or just the the things that suck you up, just the, the yeah, noise the see, like the little tentacles, yeah, yeah. yeah the terrifying. first time you drop into a sub into the subway in VR and it is pitch black and you turn on <laughs> and your you have light, to hold the gun with, the <laughs> and you yeah you've got your gun and you got your flashlight and you're like fuck 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 fuck. Like I remember and saying that and going like God damn it God damn it I do not want to walk through this fucking tunnel. <laughs> And having to physically reload your gun just adds oh, so much God. level of panic. Oh, yeah. To get the clip oh, fuck, where's the clip? I will say uh, that, like, Resident Evil games, I feel like, aren't too scary. They're just visually horrific. But, yeah. man, playing those in VR, when you have to reload every shotgun bullet, and you're popping one out, and all these guys are rushing you, that is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is funny, like, just... The, the the breadth of experiences and like comparing them of like hearing like oh like half like Alex and like all these sort of things and being like that shit's that shit's scary and like just the like oh the unknown or whatever but like also like it's weird that like 
playing Ocarina of Time and just being in close proximity to a redead, and I'm just like, that's always scary. And I and like, I can well, especially the noises they make. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I can see it. It's not like that scary, and it's not like there's not like all these like horror things. It's just like I'm like, I don't want to be near that thing. And I am well, also, yeah. also good use of fixed camera angles in <laughs> mm. Ocarina. Fixed camera angles and musical cues, like yeah. sound cues for scariness, are way what do it way more than the actual visuals a lot of the time. Like, for sure, that's what makes the visuals were so scary. shit you couldn't actually see any. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it's like, but you don't need like at the end of the day, a jump scare. If you play a game with jump, if you play Five Nights at Freddy's with the volume off, like the jump scares aren't scary. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah they're not scary at all it's it's the the loud uptick in sound that makes your body go oh fuck just putting a good tense minor soundtrack on can really do it and i don't know how much i know in a lot of horror movies they use infrasound mm. which is like basically sound below the human range of hearing but you it still makes you feel uncomfortable like your your body processes it, but you don't hear it as like a note. Um, yeah, and so it's just like a thing that they can put under horror movie soundtracks to just make you feel kind of scared the whole time. It's just like a cheat code for making it, you feel scared. And I don't know if video games do that. Uh, GTFO did for sure. Oh yeah. Um, one of the things when I was looking when I was looking into the music for that game, that was like one of the things they brought up because that game has so many layers to its soundtrack like it's insane what they did with the sound in that game because it's like like that game's soundtrack changes depending on whether an enemy can see you or not right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah they did stuff like that where there's there's layers to the soundtrack that you can't hear the low rumble that's just constantly heard in that game is just a creepy sound that people use in horror movies all the time it's yeah it's great yeah um yeah, I mean, honestly, unless there's uh, anything else that, that people want to bring up, or do you guys have any other sort of topics you want to get into? We never mentioned Dead Space. If you were looking forward to playing Callisto Protocol, just don't play, play Dead that. Space just instead. Just play the remake of Dead Space. It's such a better game. Yeah, yeah so I, I just started it. Again, I'm a big scaredy cat. I played it for two hours. I enjoyed myself. But, like, I had to pee every 15 minutes. And that is just showing you the level of scared I was at all times. Like, the level of stress my body was under. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's really fun. That was uh, that was me with Subnautica, to be honest with you. And that's like a specific phobia that I have. Like, deep water and the things that are in it. So that game, like, hit me kind of viscerally. Like, I did that on purpose, I think. There probably isn't as much of a horror element to that game for some people as there is as there was for me, but that was like kind of the same thing. Where I was like, dude, I was just tense all the time and like physically exhausted after a, an hour or two of playing that game because <laughs> fish would appear out of the dark and it would scare me. And I have like a whole compilation of videos of me jumping out of my chair and <laughs> screaming yeah. and like, you know, like. Other people aren't going to find that scary, but I find that incredibly scary. So, like, I get that, yeah. you know, I get, like, the the exhaustion from from facing something that is just scary over and over and over. And, and sub, like, willingly submitting yourself to it. Also, uh, I didn't mention it, but if you're kind of a scaredy cat like me, but you've always been interested, I would really recommend Resident Evil Village. It's spooky, but there's not, like, jump scary stuff. They They do a really good job not making it, like, 
heart racing scary, but like interesting and creepy and cool. Another game actually, uh, Too Dark. It's not like super scary, but it's like a strategy kind of horror game where you're trying to save the children from the serial killers, basically. And I really try to save all of them. You can lose some of them. But I thought that was a really fun type of little game, too. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. We are going to do a few more of these group participation call-in podcast episodes in the future. So keep an eye on the Discord for that. But until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. And I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Come and join us on Discord. Uh, we hang out there and play games like every night. We're always happy to have more gamers on the server. Plus, you'll be able to see when we post our next uh, participation podcast link. All those links will be in the show notes for this episode. And lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend. Give us a rating. Both of those really help us out. And we would really appreciate it. Goodbye. Ooh. I mean, bye. <laughs>